You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Are you the type of person who wonders what makes a Christian geek podcaster tick? Are you the type of person that enjoys just listening to some good old-fashioned down-and-dirty geek talk? Well, if you are, today is a special treat for you because this is Systematic Geekology, and that means I am one of the Priestly Geeks and your host for today's festivities, and I have a couple of special guests here with me today i i've i found one of your one of your uh devotionals geek devotionals and <laughs> and i knew from that point on i needed to have you guys on so i want the the kingdom uh the priests of the geeks community to welcome dallas and celeste welcome guys hello, hello. <laughs> so Glad to be here like I mentioned, I I came across I can't remember which one it was. I want to say it was it was Pokemon maybe, a, like a Pokemon themed devotional that I came across the first time, and then I that that led me to finding one of your podcasts and and things like that. Oh, and cool. I'm like, it's it's always a fun experience for me when I get a chance to have dialogue with other Christian geeks because it's, it's there, there's usually some, some preponderance of backstory there and unique perspective on how we digest geek culture as Christians and things like that. So why don't you guys go ahead and tell the community about yourselves? Yeah. Well, Celeste? we, huh? I was, I was passing the ball to you. Okay. <laughs> I was just taking the ball and running. So, <laughs> We are primarily a YouTube show uh, where we take geeky pop culture items to let people know that they are loved. And we also have varying offshoots of that where we have a couple of different podcasts. We have a website, we stream on Twitch, um, we do Bible studies, we, we do a lot of things, but it's all with the goal of making sure that people know that they're loved because like we love them, but God loves them. And even if they don't want to accept God's love, we still love them. Mm -hmm. Pretty much in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, it's funny because it almost feels sometimes when you're doing these kinds of shows, right? We are, mm -hmm. we are a a geek themed Christian podcast, and that's right. a, that's a weird in between to sit in because for some people it's far too secular and for other people it's far too Christian. Yeah. And the way that you guys just unabashedly normalize the Christian part of it is really cool. Like the first time that I heard um, loose connections at the end of the bottom shelf. Oh, yeah. dude, I, I lost it the first time, especially <laughs> with the bumper that you guys use. I'm like, that is 
perfect. <laughs> I'm so glad you like that portion. <laughs> yeah. It almost oh. feels like it almost feels like subverting the meta a little bit because like it is like, you know, you, you it comes time to do the let's think deeper about this part of it and let's reference the Bible part of it and all of that kind of stuff. So rather than, you know, dancing around it, it just, right. you know, yep, nope, we're gonna we're gonna tie some loose connections to this. Right. And that's yeah. fantastic. As a whole, Celeste and I, we come from a, uh, a background where, um, you know, the, our conversation just should be naturally laced with yeah. Christ in some fashion. It doesn't mean we're like just Bible beating people, everything like that and whatnot, but it right. is like if it's part of our life, it comes out. And yeah. um, and so we just do. We, we just we talk about Jesus. We love him and we love our faith and we love sharing that faith. And. We try not to be like the, the stereotypical, like cheesy Jesus juke type of thing, but we see connections to same things and we say, yeah. hey, you know, how can we point people back to Jesus using it? You know, I look at Paul and he's looking at the Romans. He's like, hey, look at these these statues of these unknown gods. Look at the the games that are taking place in the arena down the down the street here. Let me point you to Jesus using this. And right. when we look at that model, it's like, why can't we do that? Yep. Just because right. we're talking about anime and uh, and uh, Doctor Strange and whatnot. Yeah, I. It's it's a perfect. When you have something like this, it's a, another tool to be used to be able to point people in that direction, and mm -hmm. you know, being able to convey that in this kind of setting, I think is important for a lot of people to hear because there is a whole group of people that have heard things like are, are one of the unwritten things for that we strive for with, with systematic ecology is trying to show people that you can, you can be a Christian and not be a jerk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people have heard things like put away childish things and, and those kinds of misquoting of, of scripture at people to try right. and justify why you can't be into this kind of stuff, why mm. you can't be into games or cartoons or movies or whatever the case may be. Well, yeah. and that even touches on our, our, our origin story <laughs> you know, or superheroes or whatever, which we're not. We are not superheroes. I do not run. Um, but uh, Dallas and I, when we were engaged, we had our first Comic-Con here in town. And we went early um, to stand in line. We were there like 5 a.m. One girl had been there since 3 because we were determined to get in. So we're standing there. We've been there for hours. We're talking to people. And a church who's heart was in the right place even though their methods were not started protesting a church not protesting a church protesting the con and they're yelling at people coming in going you're going to hell and the crowd's yelling back we know and the people who who were around us knew that we were christians because we've been talking about ourselves um dallas and i are on staff at our church i mean it's not like we can necessarily hide that and so right. they were like, well, are you going to yell at us? And we go, will it help? Okay. We're just, we're just here to see the guy who played, who played Chewbacca. Like, right. <laughs> if it helps, we'll yell at you, but we don't think it's going to. So we're just going to be here and be chill. And that's kind of when we realized that this was an audience that needed to know. 
yeah. that God loves them. Exactly. Because there yeah. are people out there telling them that this is not something that you can do. Right. And love and nobody's God. willing to step across the line and, and just do life with them and talk and speak life into folks. Yeah. And, right. you know, we, we're already in geek culture. We, we speak the language, if you will. Why aren't we in geek culture speaking it? Why aren't we speaking hope? Point people back to Jesus. Um, yeah. When I was in uh, Bible college, we talked about um, missionaries going out and learn to speak the language of the areas that they're going into. But it's not just learning to speak the language, it's learning to speak the culture. And right. um, there's this great story I heard about this missionary. It's part of an inner city program in uh, an inner city area in, in California. And they were having problems with these kids explaining to them who, who, how to define God as God the Father and help them understand that. Because for these kids, um, a father was the dude who went to go get milk and never came back. And, right. Or he was the guy that abused them. And they were like, so that's who I should think of as God? And so what they do, did is they dug deeper and they realized in culture, the person that fit the mold of a father was their pro officer. So all of a sudden when they're talking about God, the father, they're teaching them about, you know, uh, God, the parole officer. And like they use that vocabulary. They point it like, look at your parole officer. Look how he examines this. Looks at how he exudes this example. This is what God, the father is like. And it worked. It clicked. There was a shifting that took place. And it's a matter of understanding the culture you're going into and being willing to speak that. And if you don't mm -hmm. understand the culture, you can't speak to them. Yeah. And in geek culture, there's definitely a language. There's definitely an understanding of what is and what is not. And there's so many people in the church who instantaneously just want to go, you know, to 11 and just in, in good intentions and in, in the, in the desire to be holy and, and desire to be sanctified. Um, they kind of go oh, hyper one direction um, and it Not becomes bad. a bad thing because instead of us pointing people to Jesus, now we're just being as bad as the Pharisees. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so Somebody has to do that. Somebody has to be able to go and go, hey, let me let me point you to Christ's love here for a moment because you've been shunned by the church for so long. Right. And tied into all of that is this misconception that like if you are a Christian, then all of the passions and activities that you have are just like reading your Bible and listening to gospel music. And that's it. No, don't get me wrong. Every morning, like clockwork, my routine is the same. I get up. I make a pot of coffee, I listen to the Bible, and I work out. That's it's it's regimented for a reason. Right. And and that that's the so that's a good thing, but God gives us passions. Right. God gives us things that we enjoy, a personality for us to for 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 us to cultivate and things like that. And so being able to show people that not only is it okay to have passions, but it's okay to ask big questions. You know what mm. I mean? A lot of these different narratives and things like that, these fandoms that we that we love so much, the storytelling's derivative. Oh, right? yeah. You it's it goes back to the 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 core fundamentals of literature and storytelling and things like that. Just you know, with with uh, superheroes and wizards and things like that wrapped around them. You know, and, and if if you're a human, those are bound to prompt questions. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, it sometimes requires effort to try and to try and unpack and 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 compare against and all of those kinds of things and and 
being able to go there and to hear that it's okay to go there. Yeah. I know for some of us that, <laughs> that are a part of this, we needed to hear that. We needed to experience that. And so being able to foster that not only in each or, or not only in other people, but in each other, like not even just to just to the audience, but we were just an example. We were just uh, cutting it up about the last Ronin and we got into this whole idea of the character being built through suffering and things right. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and that whole, that whole human experience of that. And one of our, our hosts, uh, pastor will is a Lutheran pastor out of North Carolina. And there was, there was a bit of a discourse there, right. Uh, you know, on, on the air and things like that, because that's that, those are the kinds of things that we, that we try to exercise and tell people, tell uh, counsel other people sure. to be able to, exercise in a healthy appropriate way while still just enjoying the things that you enjoy unapologetically you know yeah totally absolutely which by the way that was a great episode i really enjoy listening to the the lesser own episode i i, I legitimately am going how much money is in my in my free plane budget to go buy these books <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah man i so so especially if you're if you're uh, a turtles fan it, it you can tell that it was written by the hands of the creator at the time that it was like it fit it was written the 20 some years ago mm-hmm. and it it debuted 32 years ago so just a couple of couple of years difference between when it was actually intended for right and and it shows and yeah. and it just begs for dissecting and asking questions and allowing for larger themes to kind of wash over you. Yeah. Through loving these comics and things like that, you know, but see, that's the thing about like, like the going, like your passion for like, if you guys go back and listen to that at last episode, which by the way, encourage all listeners to do that. You can tell the passion and the impact that Eastman and uh, just the franchise has had on you and some of the other guys in the chat and that's the thing is we have we're passionate about things because they have spoken to us in, in a deep way. They have encouraged. They have challenged us in a way. And so when we do that, these things come out, especially if we are looking at these things through a biblical worldview. Then we examine these things like, OK, yeah. why is this speaking to me? Well, it speaks to me because of X, Y, Z thing. And then we can present hope with those type of things. Well, and that's one and- of the things I enjoyed about y'all's conversation was that there was a level of hope coming out as you guys are just nerding out about the turtles and the last Ronin. And I really want to know who the last Ronin is, but I, I have to. Go buy the book first. <laughs> um, so we've covered we've we've covered the the kind of the genesis of where you how you guys started doing this and things like that. I will say, you guys may in fact be the only podcasters that I know that do more shows and do more <laughs> stuff than I do. That's the running joke on here that you can find me just about everywhere because I'm so active in live streaming and broadcasting and different things like that. And I started digging into all of the different projects that you all have. Oh, there's a lot. There's so many. Well, and the joke for a while was that every time we announced a new podcast, we were like, Hey, it's the 531th podcast. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's I feel like how I've how I've heard other people talk about tattoos 
is how I feel about shows, about adding shows onto the docket and things like that, because there's all, it always feels like there's more to say, you know what yeah. I mean? And especially for some, for something like this, for me, the rest of the gigs that I do, like I was on a, I was on a stream earlier today that was talking about the weightier matters of the events of the last couple of days and, mm. and all of that. And unpacking all of that and all so much of it it's it's good stuff that needs to be talked about it's all stuff that 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 is is needed but heavy this mm-hmm. is just fun this is just getting yeah. a chance to cut it up about the things that we love and how it impacts us and things like that you know what i mean yeah, yeah totally absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so Rattle off for the people so that for the for those that are that are interested in hearing more for you guys, what are some of the shows that you guys have going on? Okay. Well, we have the primary show, Geek Devotions, which is on YouTube. Yes. And that's where we put out weekly devotionals, uh basing cook geek culture. Yeah, those are the video stuff that we do. Uh so there's that. Um Celeste, you just started a new podcast. What was that one? Uh we read allegedly where me and two of our friends who are also bookworms make each other read books and then we talk about it. So it's only a once a month podcast because it was the 551st podcast. And I went, I can only record maybe once every few months. So we have to only do one. That and right. we're not doing like some of these books are pretty big. I think one of them was like 550 pages, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you're a fast reader like me, it's like a weekend, but some of us are not. And then there's also, you know, life. You can't just <laughs> stay hidden away and read a book. Right. As, mu- as much as that would be nice. <laughs> so, so we have that one. Yep. We have Calm Talk, which is our main podcast that we do, which is mm-hmm. kind of got, it's got, it's broken up into a couple segments. Yeah. Um, Calm Talk started off where it was just less than I wanted to, to be able to give voice to people. Because we have people who wanted to be able to speak into the, our community, mm-hmm. but uh, they they could not do video. You know, you mm-hmm. put a video camera in front of people and sometimes and um, have you ever seen Muppets from Space? One of you guys talked about Muppets from Space in your yeah. podcast last week. I love, first off, best Muppet movie ever, hands down. I'll fight you for it. But uh, <laughs> the scene where Miss Piggy first gets her shot to be the news anchor and they go, five, four, three, and they point at her and she goes, oh, it just freezes. That happens to people a lot. And there's a couple mm-hmm. people in the in the early genesis of Geek Devotions where we're like, we want to put you on camera. And they're like, what? hello, thank you for letting me talk to you today. It was just bad. And so we started our podcast, Calm Talk, uh, to give voice because they, they will talk. And they have mm-hmm. so much value to give to our community. So we started that one. And then in that one, we have two segments. We have a segment called Bees, Views, and Reviews where my friend Branson reviews family-friendly uh, typically, but tries to do family-friendly faith-based comics because he got tired of not being able to share his love for comics with his kids. He yeah. couldn't, he hated sitting there and looking at his comics and then his son come up and go, Oh, that this is too mature for you. And he's trying to find stuff that is, it's not kitty. It's not, you know, you know, baby's first comic, but it's something that his son, if it came in his lap, it would be okay. Yeah. And he knows there's a lot of parents out there who ask the same questions. So he created the show within our feed uh, about that and then he's also uh, an artist so he has an interesting perspective yeah and then we have another show that's about the sunset actually unfortunately we have the last yeah. episode airing um next week and that's within the same com talk feed 
called uh, Primitive Rhythm Machine, which was a music review podcast, which was really, it was really great. Mm-hmm. And um, some really cool int- interviews came out of that one, uh, including the, uh, our, our guy, John, he interviewed the, um, the guy in charge of Rottweiler Records. I don't know if you're familiar with, with uh, Rottweiler. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, but just several things like that. And then we have the one you mentioned earlier, The Bottom Shelf. Uh, which is a, a podcast where me and uh, our, four of my friends, three of my friends, uh, we talk about terrible movies. Uh, we watch them so you don't have to. And uh, we reviewed oh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, um, Battlefield Earth. That about. was terrible. Huh? The movie we don't talk about. The movie we don't talk about. Uh, the last so Airbender. The, f- the, the uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space episode I shared it with with the two other guys that kind of lead the charge within SG in the three of us. That, that's what it, their their introduction was that that was the first one that I listened to. And I'm like, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for movies and and content where you can like see the strings and stuff yeah. like that. Like it it is fantastic. <laughs> That's what got me into Godzilla. That was the first Godzilla stuff that I saw was when you can see the little the literal yeah. strings and things like that. <laughs> and then to hear you guys ribbing on this movie that is you're right it's categorically a terrible movie but <laughs> it's kind of like mortal Kombat annihilation in that way We're you have to go month, in <laughs> that's awesome that's fantastic <laughs> that's that's probably my favorite bad movie of all time because honestly like Mortal Kombat 95 came out right at the right time for me. I was dead on for me, for, for me and my my love for Power Rangers and Heck all yes. things martial arts and all of those kinds of things. So for me, when Annihilation came out, it was just it was another Mortal Kombat movie. And so, like, I didn't have my big brain on when I was watching it. It was basically the equivalency of me taking my action figures out of the toy box and just smashing them together for like 90 minutes. It's fantastic. But now you can look back, and if you freeze frame certain shots, you can literally see the editing collapsing on itself in some of the places. It's phenomenal. There's a scene where Raiden comes in, like the shot, you can see, you're looking at the shot and then a Ra- Raiden just appears in the, sh- like, it's just so, so terribly cut and it's, it's fantastic. Doesn't make no sense. <laughs> nope. nope. So, what Dallas doesn't say is that he, he did this. So he has a reason to watch some of these bad movies because there are some, I just refuse. I refused to watch Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I just, I was in the room. It was yeah. there. It was like, yeah. eh. I like terrible movies though. Like that's the thing is, that's where I was like, I've been looking at doing this move, this this particular show, in some form f- since the inception of Geek Devotion six yeah. years ago. He he um, tried to talk me into it, and I said, yeah, I had a we were going to create a rating system where we we're going to try to discover the worst movie, of, worst geeky movie of all time, and where was, there was going to be a point uh, sheet to give uh, points to, um, just never materialized, and then. Um, Last year, John Haru, uh, who is the uh, he's the DM for the podcast that Celeste is on called Playing Games with Strangers, which is an actual play D and D game. Yeah, not uh, connected John, to Geek Devotions. Other not than connected me to Geek Devotions. But John came to me. He's like, "Hey, I want to do a um, a podcast for Geek Devotions where we watch terrible movies." 
And I want to invite your friend, uh, Kevin, the Dapper Man, who does movie reviews on YouTube called the Dapper Man Reviews, uh, to be part of, to help host it. I was like, let's do it. <laughs> that's, so awesome. that's how it happened. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. So John's the reason we start a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I so so legit. I this has become my reason for getting a chance to go and see some of these movies and do some of these things and all of that kind of stuff. I'm doing it for the podcast. I promise. Yeah. It's just for the podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um so gotta ask, what are some of your favorite fandoms? <sighs> I can't pick between my children. I said some, babe. <laughs> yeah, multiples. Uh, I am a big sci-fi nut. Like, I like all science fiction, and I like science fantasy, and I will, I can go into the explanation of the difference of that, but it's easier to just be like, hey, go to the podcast where we talked about it. Because <laughs> it is very different. Yeah. Um like I just spent 20 hours over the last several weeks listening to the audiobook of Dune, which was nice. fantastic. Um, I personally, I like anime. Um, I like, I don't know, like Pokemon. I like all the things. <laughs> so like I have been a geek. I've been a bookworm since I knew what a book was. Um, and I have been a geek since I was about 16 when my, my dad, uh, married my mom and went, Oh, you like to read? Let me pass you stuff. And he started passing me more like fantasy and really enjoy fantasy too. Um, so basically all his stuff that he was into, I was like, that's cool. What's this? And then I just got into everything else as well. <laughs> that's awesome. So. So you'll be you'll you'll be very happy to know that this is for for SG. This is the year of Lewis. We're going through C.S. Lewis's stuff. The main anchor for it is the Narniad, and right. the, then we're doing some of his his more theological works, and then we're we're talking about Screw Tape and a bunch of his stuff throughout the the main feed and the Patreon feed. Nice. And Are you doing one, the space trilogy? Yes, that's part of it. Nice. Uh, I we're, it's it's later on this year we're going to be doing an episode between uh, another one of our our co-hosts Josh who's the editor um, that he, he is a very big fan of the space trilogy. I am a very big fan of the Narniad, and we're going to be doing a geek debate about which one's better. Uh, I'm going to uh, say right now, book different. three of uh, the space trilogy, um, it crashes pretty quickly. Yeah, the third book's rough. <laughs> book one and two were great. Book yes. three? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten through book one. I haven't started book two yet. And it's it's really good. It's just different than the than Narnia. I'll get I'll give that. Oh yeah. But like I, I it's funny because I low key I didn't it didn't start start off intentionally this way, but I am the there's been other co-hosts on throughout the the year so far with the different narnia episodes but i've been the constant voice because when right after i got saved in 19 i got injured and so i was laid up for a while and that's where I, when i found narnia and oh. i powered through all seven of them and i fell in love like that yeah. to nice. me 
I, I am the type of person that says my, my my usual hot take is that Lord of the Rings is an inferior work to Narnia. I, I... <laughs> so less than about to throw hands. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm reminding myself that this podcast is not about debating. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, one of the one of the the things that we've been doing is comparing the books to the movies and mm. and all that. And the movies they hold a special place in my heart. They are what they are. I think they're beautiful. I wish they would have just Harry Pottered that situation and just powered through and and got those same people through and did the through line through the entire thing. Um mm-hmm. because I think they got some really powerful acting out of that trilogy that they made. Um but infinitely so the books are better. Like Lewis just captured something that that is just so magical in those in those books and yeah you can say and that's the the big thing that we keep coming back to and in the episodes is it's reflecting truth it's reflecting a greater story you know what i mean it's and that's that's ultimately we're seeing glimmers of that wonderful truth that we all hold so dear that really gives it that magical quality. But his style of storytelling allows for you to live in this world. And for me, I'm a sucker for that. And I wish, I wish I could read a little bit faster because books have a tendency to be a lot better at providing a lived in world mm-hmm. experience. Whereas not all, not well, I should say, not a lot of movies or TV shows are able to capture that same sort of atmosphere. By the way, there's a contingent of our audience who's thrilled to hear you use the term bookworm because that's the one <laughs> fandom we have not been able to capture a full time host to be able to talk about. So the fact that you're even shining some light and giving some love to the bookworms, there's I when Dallas told me that you that was that was what your what you, one of your fandoms was, I was like, oh, part of our audience is gonna love you. <laughs> well and I I always tell people, like I said, Um, I was actually talking about this with my mom recently because I read a book for our book podcast called The Enchanted Hour. And it's talking about the, it's a nonfiction book. It's talking about the benefits of audiobooks, um, especially in children, but in general with everybody. And so I was talking to my mom about it. I was like, well, how old was I when I started asking you to read? Because I had this story that she and my grandmother had always told about I would grab a book and I would, if they didn't pay attention to me and read to me, as soon as I wanted them to, I would hit them with the book. <laughs> Apparently, I did that before I walked. Nice. I would crawl to a book and grab it and hit it. So I have always been a lover of stories. And once I learned to read, there was no no stopping me. I went from like I vividly remember this because I was older when I learned to read and I have dyslexia and a couple of the learning disabilities that make reading a interesting thing for me. Um, But I remember something clicked with the words and all of a sudden I went from reading like C-Spot Run to I'm reading Little Women and going, where's the rest? Huh. So I, it, something in my head just, just clicked. So I think I have... Uh, I'm down to four right now, books going at one time. 
not counting the manga I'm about to start. <laughs> That's Which funny. is nice because I, I am dyslexic, so I like reading manga because it makes more sense to me. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's I can see that. That's it goes funny. right to left instead of left to right. And so my brain goes, oh, something makes sense. Yay. Finally. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, That's cool. cool. So, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm really into sci-fi as a whole. Less fantasy, more sci-fi. Um, we were actually talking about that. Like, I, I just can't get into things like Lord of the Rings and like Will of Time and stuff like that because half the time I'm looking at it, and I'm going, when do they bathe in this? Right. <laughs> How nasty is their face right now? Like, like my brain just goes there and I just, it's not my thing more. I'm more into science fiction, uh, space age stuff. Um, I love post-apocalyptic movies and, and shows and games. Um, I I love anime, um, mm. and uh, that's a big part of my life is, is anime and comics. Um, I'm not a big bookworm, but I'm, I'm a really really slow reader, and yeah. so um, it's it's hard for me to maintain a book because I have to read lines several times uh, to really be able to to get it and understand. Which it's great for when I'm reading something I have to study, but um, for just pleasure, it's hard for me. But like comics and anime or manga rather they just kind of jump off the page for me uh because of the visual cues with everything else especially when you have a really great uh artist uh who's working through the manga like uh, uh kira toriyama and those guys did a fantastic jobs with their mangas um tezuka was phenomenal at yeah. drawing you from panel to panel as you read through he did a series called phoenix which was an amazing series that i, I want to collect um, I have one of his series called Buddha, which actually walks through the, his, uh, the story of, of Buddha. Uh, but he has this one called Phoenix, where the, the first book takes place at the beginning of time. And the last or the second book takes place at the end of time. The third book takes place right after the first book ends. And then the fourth book takes place before the second book starts. And it goes back and forth. And the plan was for it to end up in, in modern day, which he, he, he passed away sadly before he was able to finish the series. But the art in it, like you follow the flow mm -hmm. so much that it just draws you in. You feel like you're watching an anime as you're reading this beautifully crafted story. And um, and yeah. so for me, I'm, I'm really big about art. I'm really big about um, the way that uh, cinematography and uh, the way things look and the, and the way that the imagery emotes for an individual. Um, I, I'm the guy who will sit there. I'm like, OK, how are they doing this shot? How are they making this thing happen here? Uh, you know, how bad is the green screen here? What the, what are the practical effects here? That's what I do when I watch a film and when I watch television and, uh, oh, I'm also a, a, I'm not a, as huge as some people are, but we, we, I've, somehow I've gotten the name of it being the guy who's really into Godzilla. There are people who are far more into Godzilla than I am, but I do enjoy Godzilla. There are, we did a, a month devoted to Godzilla where everything, the podcast, the devotions at that point we were doing extra tuesdays um which have dropped off because time um <laughs> and we did an entire month devoted to godzilla there are people that that was their first introduction to us and so they think that we like love godzilla and i'm like yay dinosaurs but we have friends who are like really into it and we're like we're not yeah shout out That's to our friends funny. at monster island film bowl yes. because my dude Nathan it knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. That's actually how we met Nathan. Was that much? <laughs> yes. 
That's awesome. I so I used to be in the restaurant business, and I and I would cater when I lived out in um, Ohio. I catered for a schlocky B movie, um, like a B horror movie convention. <laughs> That's and awesome. One of the things that they that they did was they would show. Um, old Godzilla films and nice. they, but like on, on giant projectors and, and the whole nine yards. And like, so, so you could, you could see very evidently the ridiculous nature of old Godzilla and things like that. But that, that spawned this, this love that like, it, I, I kind of fell backwards into appreciating kaiju and yeah. you know these different Japanese pro- properties and tokusatsu and all of those kinds of things. Primarily because I'm I'm literally the the running joke on the show is I'm the living embodiment of the '90s. I, I'm the quintessential '90s kid out of the out of the group. So so for <laughs> me, uh, tokusatsu is. Is such an art form, you know oh, what yeah. I mean, in all of its ridiculousness, and it does come down sometimes to guys in flamboyantly colored spandex fighting with explosions behind them and things like that. One hundred percent, it is a silly Sentai fight. Are you sometimes. talking oh, yeah. about JoJo's Bizarre Adventures? Oh, that's a wonderful one too. <laughs> hey, you should check out uh, a podcast called Henshin Men. Yes. Uh, which Henshin, it, it's kind of a proper tam- term for when you have uh, guys who transform like that. Uh, they go into, they're talking like about, uh, they're actually going through the Common Rider series right now, but nice. uh, they go into detail with some of the background of what's happening in the historical context and everything also. You might enjoy that. That's cool. That's cool. I'm um, just going to recommend all the things that aren't us. <laughs> we joke, we spend probably 80% of our time telling you to watch somebody else mm-hmm. than yeah. us. <laughs> yeah well that's that we so so we we tend to start episodes with uh what you're geeking out on right now and then geeky recommendations at the end oh, and, okay. and you know all of that and, and so but it's that it's that idea that you know i i think one of the things that kind of gets lost sometimes in certain fandoms i'm not uh, this this has translation points for multiple different fandoms so no i'm not just talking about star wars it's one of them right. but i'm not just talking about star wars <laughs> uh, it we got we got to be okay with new fans and new material for new oh, fans totally. you know yeah. what i mean like that's not not everything is made for everybody right. and and so being able to recommend these different things that you're enjoying and geeking out on and different things like that creates more geeks to continue these things on the reason why somebody like me gets to talk to one of their creative heroes is because in the nineties and two thousands, some people made some versions of the turtles that hit for other people that weren't me. You know right. what I mean? Like that is some of the some of those two thousands turtles are are just so kitty. <laughs> like they're just they're so made for kids. But whatever. Like the one that the one that I fell in love with when they weren't killing off the turtles or doing darkest timeline stuff, it was pretty kid like. Just yeah. being honest, and and sure. so uh, it, that's one of the things that confounds me. And and I'm a comic. Uh, my my big fandom is comics. And mm-hmm. and there's so much gatekeeping in oh comics, especially with the yeah. MCU and stuff like that. Brother, and like it. what makes you a, a, a real fan and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, if you want stories for the next however many years that these characters have been around, 
then you got to be okay with them writing things that are for other people, not just for you, you know? Sure. Totally. That, you know, gatekeeping is one of the biggest problems that we've seen in, in geek culture across the board. Um, we, we have a con locally called geek con and you go there and it's such a great con because yeah. it spans everything. everything. I mean, everything we have anime stuff we have uh, comic stuff we have sci-fi stuff going on um mm-hmm. even stuff for the wrestler fans and um and but even like there you like you walk through and you hear people kind of like do a little bit of gatekeeping and then there's always people like hey like why like why be that way like, like that's that's one of the that's one of the downsides to stuff and we've talked about it on and off on our show so over the years of yeah, yeah. you know as as a christian you know do we how do we handle gatekeeping you know there's a thing that we're passionate about and some of it is we're passionate about it we hate to see it quote-unquote ruined but we need to stop thinking of things being ruined as possibly it's more of an opportunity for it to grow and become something new now there are certain things that you're like okay that's probably not a good idea like not really sure why all of a sudden we have a uh a, a murder mystery movie about winnie the pooh because that was just announced today uh <laughs> called blood and honey <laughs> this is a real thing winnie the pooh. oh yeah i'll i'll send the link into the it's chat. a it's a real I'm thing so angry about it's like that. why are we doing this like <laughs> <laughs> yeah why and i'm like because um it because it was probably somebody that grew up in the 90s that's why uh <laughs> just being real because we would do that yeah um but you know I, you may remember a couple years ago um there was a guy on youtube who put together a really really fantastic looking fascinating look at the dark side of what power rangers could be yep and it was kind of a mini film and after and people were kind of angry about it because it was it was super r-rated and jason david frank came out and he was like look i i get why you did it uh, and i'm paraphrasing heavily he goes but there is a you have to understand that when you have something like that there's a property that we that's connected to uh to people in a real way and you have to mm-hmm. be honoring of that and I, I think that um gatekeepers have taken the love for something too far yeah, because I have a desire to protect something that means something to them. At the same time, some people do take things too far and forget to honor the spirit of what's being created. And so there's this balance that goes back and forth between what we're creating nowadays and honoring the spirit, but also allowing it to grow and, and become something new. Yeah, you said it. You said it so eloquently. <laughs> there's it's a fine line, right? Did you yeah. have you guys seen? Are you guys uh, horror fans? Uh, Celeste isn't I've watched several I I enjoy it every so often I'm not a huge I've watched probably more brain damaged productions than I should have when I worked at Hollywood Video Uh, I have have a pretty fine line of of horror and it pretty much ends with vampires (laughs) there you go we do like vamps but uh, but yeah so uh, not as much though I did watch ankle biters though (laughs) have you heard of ankle biters I have Midget yeah. vampires, baby. Yeah, I had to rent it. <laughs> no, um, no, you didn't. So, Scream. What, the last Scream movie that just came out. The big, the big thing was that it, it was kind of a, a wink and a nod against toxic fandom and mm-hmm. all of that, and it satirized toxic fandom 
and stuff like that. But it's it did so in a way that was really clever, but offensive to some people because it you know it it straight out says how can fandom be toxic? It's the things that we love, mm-hmm. and there's there are some people who think that way. But the reality is, is that if you have somebody who's creative and they create a thing and everybody loves it, that's that's wonderful. Now, we need to be okay with somebody else creative coming along and doing something different Word. with that same thing. You know what I mean? For me, I, I loved the the dark would i want an entire series and cinematic experience and the whole nine yards no i I thought it was a really cool indie project done by somebody very very well just shot really well i thought the the atmosphere was really cool and it was just a really cool what if story for characters that had already been established you already have all of this time spent with these characters and things like that Mm-hmm. And I just I, I I think there's beauty in something being generational enough mm-hmm. to speak mm-hmm. to different people in different ways to do different things with it. That and some of the same people that were crying foul of that were some of the same people that that along the way said, I want an adult Power Rangers. I right. want a Power Rangers with stakes. Well, that is what a Power Rangers with stakes looks like. It you know is. what I mean? <laughs> I will say they they really turn the dial up. I'll give them that. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? They do not pull punches. But it, it's still it's a Power Rangers universe with stakes. It's part of why I love the uh, I've recommended a couple of times on the show, the Power Rangers, the audio drama oh, that, yeah. that's put out by um, a group called Scyther Inc. That yeah, yeah. does different different audio dramas for different fandoms and different things like that. They've got an X-Men one and they've done a couple of other different things. And it's like spoilers. Chicago goes like it's totally obliterated by lord zed and like millions of people die in it and it's it stakes you know what i mean right. and that's not for everybody but that's it's it's something that that creates new fans and and reaches different people and it's for somebody it just doesn't mm-hmm. have to be for us you know right yeah exactly i think a lot of people who who really get angry about it are probably coming from the point of view like well but this is for kids well i mean you're a parent so don't let your kid watch it yeah. Plain and simple, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, you know, don't just. And that's the problem is, I think a lot of people they just they want to go blindly into things. You have to go, okay, well, what is it? You know, that one of the complaints that people had about Doctor Strange was that it was mm-hmm. so dark and so much. I mean, it was it was basically Evil Dead Part Four, and yeah. uh, in a lot of ways, and um, and that's why I loved it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but people didn't know that they're going, oh, Marvel. I can take my five year old. No, pump the brakes. Right. Mom, dad, read why it's PG 13 for a second. Please pick up a Doctor Strange comic book. (laughs) Well, I think it was you that I saw on the socials make a post about that after Mm -hmm. the, after Multiverse of Madness came out. Like, you need to understand that Doctor Strange is a horror book. Like mm-hmm. you, that, that's usually where you have the crossover with the Cthulhu verse and all of those kinds of things. And you have a lot of kaiju stuff and you have a lot of dark magic stuff and, and all of those kinds of things. So, and, and, and yeah, the, the obvious argument is, you know, your average run of the mill parent of the average run of the mill five year old isn't going to pick up a comic and isn't going right. to know one, co- one superhero from another, but uh, Google is a powerful thing. You know what I, I mean? mean? That Google machine that we all have in our pocket. Seconds, 20 seconds. And you have all heck IMDB. 
I mean, yep. it, it has a whole parent guide, which to be honest, I trust more than some other parent guides that are out there. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you guys geeking out on right now? I'm watching um, Bleach right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember Bleach. It was from the yeah. early 2000s anime series that lasted forever. And it's coming back. And so I'm like, coming We're- back. Yeah. Hunter Hunter is coming back. I'm still confused by that. I am but too. Hunter Hunter is coming back. Hunter yes. Hunter is coming back. The creator announced it like this week. Yeah. Uh, he created a Twitter account. Just to announce he's doing new chapters of Hunter Hunter. Uh, but uh, anyway, we're watching Bleach right now. Uh, we're yeah. on episode I think 120 right now. 121. Something like that. I, we've watched several today. Uh, yes. so we're geeking out about that, watching that yeah. all the way through. Um, I've been watching uh, How to Keep a Mummy, yeah, because it's adorable. It's an animal. Not, I'm not sure I've ever heard of it. You got to explain so the one, babe. <laughs> so, I have a thing where I just like everything adorable, it doesn't matter if it's meant for me or not. If it's cute, I think it's, I, I love it. Um, <laughs> my, my, I just want you to know my wife is vibing real hard with what she just said. <laughs> so, um, but it's a anime about a kid whose dad is a archeologist, sends him all these weird things and he gets this coffin that looks like it should hold a vampire and it's a mummy and the mummy is like maybe, maybe six inches tall. And and he's like, what am I going to do with this mummy? And the mummy's like, don't send me back. <laughs> but it doesn't talk. So it's all like in this little squeaky voices and it's adorable. Um, so that's what I've been doing since yeah. I finished Raiding of Kings. That the, and. What did you say? You, since you finished what? Ranking of Kings. So for my birthday this year, I got Crunchyroll. So I've been watching all the animes, Um, but it is a, it's a fantasy based anime where this young boy um, is deaf and his dad dies. And then the advisors determined that because he's deaf, he can't be king. So they give it to his brother, but then there's a mirror that's like controlling things. And it's, it gets really intense and really in depth, but it's also strangely, strangely one of the most wholesome animes I've seen in forever. It's weirdly like wholesome yet bloody. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) oh, wholesome yet bloody. There we go. (sighs) You just have to watch it. (laughs) It, it, It's, it is the, it is the equivalent of slimy yet satisfying. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Nice. Nice. Well done. Well done. Um, yeah, I I started diving into some of Crunchyroll just to see what's out there because I like so to give you an idea the extent of my anime knowledge is like the the ones that you would expect to hear out of somebody like me. Dragon Ball, I yeah. I so hot hot take Dragon Ball better than the rest of them. I I mean Z is cool. Z is what it is. GT, I'm a GT apologist. I really do enjoy GT a lot. I think it's you way are- better than Super. You are uh, a are in the minority, sir, by saying G- so well about GT. Yeah. Oh, oh I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> the, see, the thing that I the thing that I always tell people is you have to go back and experience the Japanese version. And I know mm. that sounds like su- such 
a, a, a Tweeby anime lover's response. You just need to watch the 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 Japanese version, but but the the music, the atmosphere, the mm-hmm. the like the the butcher job that the dub does with GT is just so horrendous that no <laughs> wonder why you why people don't like it. it half of it doesn't make any sense. To be you know fair. There's a lot of anime out there that's come stateside and they dubbed over quickly and they they Americanized it because kids can't know what a rice ball is no. and they butcher the stories and they're, like, they're completely different. We watched uh, several years ago, I introduced Celeste. Celeste, I watched Voltron for some reason. And uh, and I was like, hey, because Voltron is amazing. That's why we right? didn't have Internet yet. So we were watching what we had in the house. That's what it was, it was. right after we got married. We had internet, and I was like, "Hey, let me show you Go Lion," which is what they they butchered for Voltron. Right. So much more intense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. much more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Even Power Rangers. I, I'm with you, man. I love me some Power Rangers. The, that uh, the Mighty Morphin all the way. Um, I'll ever so often if I can, I'll catch some of the newer stuff. Uh, but you go back and watch Super Sentai. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like. That's intense, <laughs> especially the uh, especially um, Zoo Ranger, the one that oh, yeah. that uh, Mighty Morphin is based off of. Mm-hmm. Like that, there's there's death, there's stakes, there's weight to things that happen and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, some of some of it's ridiculous, some of it's slapsticky. Um, that's why I think Common Writer is is a bit of an acquired taste because that I think that one leans a little bit heavier into a little bit more of that slapstick comedy sort of sort of Japanese comedy trope mm-hmm. of of those kinds of shows. But like when those when those kinds of shows are good, they are absolutely stellar. You know, totally, totally. So we yeah. we like to watch um, things, especially old anime from the 90s with the dub and the sub going because Mm. the subtitles inevitably are based on the japanese Mm -hmm. but -hmm. the dub is in english so then you can tell the differences and see the divergence Mm -hmm. of like oh they've inserted this word or that's not what they said or why'd they do that it's not so big now in most most modern day anime but right. the older ones, it's pretty vast. <laughs> Night and day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, so around that same time when Dragon Ball Z was big, so stuff, I was watching stuff like Big O, um, yes. a little bit of Cowboy Bebop, not as much as some, I'd like there, TJ would be having a field day in this conversation <laughs> right now because he's a resident anime guy. And and even if if my brother in law is is listening to this, he he's having a field day with this conversation. That he's, I think this is the most sustained anime talk that we've been able to have because <laughs> I, I said this about Celeste, and now saying this about you, the fact that we can talk about anime on the show is scratching an itch for a contingent of our audience that doesn't get to get scratched on a regular basis. You know I'm, what I mean? I'm happy to be a back scratcher. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I would suggest an anime for you if you are open to it. Seeing as you're a big horror fan, you should check out Parasite. Yeah. Parasite. Okay. Parasite. It's, you would it's like Parasite. too much for me, but I bet you would love it. Probably Parasite, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, which is a yeah. modern anime. That one's a modern anime. Yeah. Parasite's not that old. Uh, well, 
I'm, I, I really don't know how old the anime is because I was reading the manga back in 1996 and I was way too young to be reading it. <laughs> I've, I've stopped questioning judgments that happened on things you were allowed to read and watch. <laughs> so, so to give you an idea, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street when I was five. All right. So I'm right in that right in that same book. I was actually part of what what made me really enjoy Bottom Shelf is one of you guys was talking about that of like because because you constantly hear it right when you say stuff like that it's it's one end of it. To we already talked about the whole you know some of the some of how yeah. being a part of geek culture in Christian culture kind of makes you a pariah in certain circles, but also like saying stuff like I was listening to guys like Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash and Tom Petty when I was knee high to a grasshopper. One of my first uh, guitar solos that ever got stuck in my head was Boston's more than a feeling. Right. And, and that, and, and like watching stuff like nightmare on Elm street. Now, mind you, this is not me sitting here espousing the virtues of letting your kid watch those no, movies. Year old. Not yeah. on Elm Street, not in sponsored by Geek Devotions or Systematic <laughs> Ecology. Disclaimer. Right. But but I but I do think that there is room for a conversation to have to have about that moving goalpost of when a kid is mature enough to take in certain types oh, of sure. media and different things like that. I do think that's a sliding scale. I, oh, totally. Five, five is very, very high on the one side of the scale, 100%. But, you know, you, you move Here, on. Kid, let's watch well, Saul together. I mean, yeah, right? It, it falls under the, we talk about this on our, our show often, about you know what you can handle. Yeah. Celeste cannot handle Nightmare on Elm Street. I find the story fascinating because I've had someone explain it to me. But right. if I was to watch that, it would open up things in my mind that I can't handle mentally or spiritually. Now, right. you can handle it. Great. That's awesome. But knowing your boundaries and in turn, knowing your children's boundaries mm -hmm. and what's going to cause them to wake up screaming from nightmares and what's going to cause them to have giggles. You right. know, that's, that's the, the thing of parenting. Yeah. We had a conversation with uh, one of our podcasters, John Haru, Um, because we, I say one of our podcasters, we have our, a team of individuals. John's yes. on the bottom shelf. Uh, but on the com talk feed, we, when, uh, we did a month called Cthulhu area where all of our devotions were based off of, uh, Cthulhu, uh, based stories. Lovecraftian awesome. fiction. Is yeah. Lovecraftian yeah. fiction. And so, uh, you know, Lovecraft comes with a lot of baggage. Um, he was a racist. Oh, yeah. yes. And, uh, yes. so when we, we did not shy away, we said we thought he was a racist crackhead, plain and simple. Uh, but he created a genre that people have connected with. And so John, um, he loves Lovecraftian fiction, loves it. In fact, um, tomorrow night uh, for um, playing games with strangers, he's hosting a Call of Cthulhu game uh, instead of their normal D&D. &D. And so, but we interviewed him for ComTalk and we're talking about Lovecraftian fiction. And I asked like, man, how do you balance this out? Because he's into horror movies across the board. He loves all this mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, how do you balance this out with your faith? And he's like, you know, I don't eat cookies all the time 
by enjoy cookies. I understand right. that I need to have a balance in my life of what I do take in and what I don't take in. And if all you take in is straight trash, well, yeah, you're going to be messed up spiritually, uh, emotionally, and, and mentally in a lot of ways. Yep. Uh, you have to know your boundaries. You know, the Bible says work out your own salvation and fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. That There's a lot to talk about with that verse. Essentially, though, uh, it's to, you need to know where you're at with God. And if something's hindering you, you need to chop it off and, you know, grow in your faith. Yeah. So what I'm so what I'm hearing is Brandon and I, who are the 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 resident horror guys out of the group, need to get this guy on the show. We did an episode on Cthulhu, and I've got we we in 2020, my wife and I got super into board games. We were into board games previously, but we like took the opportunity to start collecting board games, and what and we went very heavily into, um the the cthulhu verse games mansions mm-hmm. of madness arkham horror all right. of those ones that all kind of interweave and things like that and it is it's 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 one of those things that forces you to ask questions and forces you to find where the line is between um art and artist you know mm-hmm. i'm a huge pro wrestling fan that the pro wrestler that that killed himself and his family mm. i just he doesn't exist anymore. Like to right. me, he does not, he does like, I just, I won't glorify him by watching any of his stuff. I can't talk about how good of a wrestler he was. Cause like he, he killed himself and his family. And, right. and that, that line looks different for, for every person. And I love the, I love the way that they put that because uh, back in October, my wife and I did 31 in 31. We did a mm-hmm. we did the, we did one of those for for some of the the Patreon content for her show, and let me tell you, I came I came out of that and into November on a back foot like that messed me up like that that was that was too much too much was too much uh, mm-hmm. we like we went hard and I shut down for like a month you know mm-hmm. what I mean like had to walk away we literally just launched. SG and all of that. And I had to step away and couldn't like, because it just, it was, it was too much of a very specific kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I think that that's, that's a, a a wonderful way to, to articulate it because it's, it's honestly, I could see the world where, where these kinds of things affect you. If you're just watching superhero flicks or just watch it, whatever it is, if Mm -hmm. you're continuing in on something that's damaging, don't keep doing that, but there's a fine line and there's nuance to having the conversation between if you can't handle this, then don't do this to sweeping mm-hmm. statements that say, because the Holy spirit convicts, nobody's allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And laying that yoke of burden on other people. Yeah. Yep. We're often asked in our comment sections, like, you know, how could you uh, watch this show? How could you be okay with this? How could you be okay with the okay with that cross the board? Uh, it's funny. We, when we did Cthulhu, one of my writers had a real big issue with it because of the history of Lovecraft. And, uh, he was one, one of my writers. He's the big reason why we did a whole month devoted to Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did, it was called a uh, Trekmas uh, that we did. That's awesome. And it was our, kind of our Christmas theme. And I said, look, man, um, the whole series that you help us put together Trekmas, I got hate mail on that because Star Trek isn't exactly the most Christian thing and promotes a lot of, of agnostic things, teachings. I was like, 
across the board, people are going to be convicted by something. Yeah. Period. And this is what I tell my team whenever we do a theme. If you have a personal conviction about this, don't do it. The Bible says that, you know, about talking about the meat sacrifice on the altars and not causing your brother to sin. And I'm not going to tell somebody, hey, you have to go watch Cthulhu if you have a problem with, with horror movies. You know, right. I'm not going to tell somebody that, hey, you need to be into watching anime if you have a problem with certain things. Um, you ha- And again, that's that's a terrible example because anime is a genre and people have taken it to do dumb things. Yeah. But, you know, if you have a conviction about something, the sinful thing is for you to indulge in that conviction. Right. The righteous thing is to go, nope, not going to do it. Back out. Sweet. But you and I may not have the same convictions about stuff. We, we span the board. Uh, across across the nation there's a lot of things i have some dear great christian brothers and sisters who are involved with stuff i'm like i can't go there buddy uh, i just can't <laughs> it's just yeah. i'm not sure how you're doing it but you seem to be doing okay i'm here with you but i just can't and i'm going to respect that because that's what you're walking in um and they do the same thing with me they're like i don't know how you how you do certain things i'm like i just do because that's where uh, I don't have a weakness in this area. This is what the Lord's blessed me with. And this is how I'm going to walk out and I'm going to balance it out though, but make sure this isn't all I focus on. I think this problem is where we see people having problems where all they do is focus and dwell on one thing. Yeah. Years ago when I was a youth pastor, I had a student who all he did. Now he had a lot of, he had a lot of issues, but all he did was focus on, on horror and zombies and stuff like that. And it was affecting him. And it, yeah. this was his life 24-7. That's all he ate and breathed. And he kind of came out like what you had when you did that 31-31 with your wife. It's just, if that's all you're consuming, it's going to mess you up. I don't care who you are. I don't care how strong of a Christian you are. It's going to mess you up. And you're going to have to come out and detox and ask yourself, do I need to go back into that for a while at all? Right. And it's just a matter of knowing where you're at with your walk with God. Right. And even if it's something that you don't normally have problems with, you know, we don't eat the exact same thing every day. We right. don't constantly feed ourselves the same thing because your body gets used to it. Your body needs diversity. Our minds need diversity. I mean, our minds need to not be focused on one style of thing all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's just the how God created us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, this is a, this is a conversation that I, I feel like we could, we could go another hour <laughs> easily, but we got to bring it in, uh, for the wrap up. So we like to end off every episode with, uh, geeky recommendations. So what do you guys, what do you guys recommend for the, for the, uh, lovely listeners? The Utterly Uninteresting and Unadventurous Tales of Fred the Vampire Accountant. It is absolutely hysterical. Um, The basis of the book series is is Fred is a very boring person. He's an accountant. And one day on his way to the store, he gets turned into a vampire. So what does he do? He quits his job. He starts his own accounting firm and he stays at home and buys blood from a hospital. He is very boring, but it has this this great dry sense of humor. Um, it described his first like he was trying to hunt and and do the vampire thing, and 
I had to stop the audiobook and laugh because I went, that's what would happen if I was a vampire. He was like <laughs> sneaking across the roof, like stalking somebody, and he tripped and fell into a garbage can. And he's like, <laughs> nope, just just going to get it from a hospital. I'm done. That's awesome. So cool. it's uh, there are some some language issues, but it's mostly pretty clean. Um, and it's, it's got this great dry sense of humor to it. Word. Cool. Cool. Uh, I got mostly podcasts I can recommend for folks right now. Um, there's a great podcast called systematic ecology that I don't think anybody's ever heard of. Uh, I just discovered it. Uh, <laughs> there's one called, uh, the cell cast where if you yes. are, if you just love animation, not necessarily anime, but animation, they do cover anime. Uh, the cell cast is a podcast. It's, uh, two, two great guys. Animation. Uh, Josh and Drew, and uh, they just talk about different animated shows and movies Jacob all the and time. Drew. Uh, did I you say Josh? Jo- you said oh, Josh. Man, Jacob. Rethinking Jacob. <laughs> uh, I also want to recommend um, Retro Rewind Podcast, which is a podcast where they review uh, movies and video games that are 15 years old or older, and they rate them as classic, nostalgic, or tragic, which is classic, it's great, it's fantastic. Nostalgia is like, eh, don't spoil your memories, but watch if you want to. And nostalgia is like, oh, dear God, let it die. Or not uh, nostalgia, but uh, that's tragic. Tragic. Um, playing Games with Strangers, which is an actual play po- uh, podcast. It's family if friendly. You want a, yeah. If you want a quick uh, devotional uh, podcast, there's this one called The Enthusiast Podcast, yes. uh, which takes geek culture. Uh, and they do. he does uh, like five minute devotions. Uh, there's Geeks Under Grace, which is connected to a website called Geeks Under Grace, and uh, they do kind of a review of things happening in geek culture. Uh, Monster Island Film Vault, which I talked about earlier, Victims of Villains, which is a the marriage of geek culture and uh, mental health. Uh, the Infinity Bros, which are fantastic guys who, um, there's six dudes, and they, uh, they're like, uh, their tagline is Infinity Bros, uh, where all things are perfectly balanced as they should be, and they talk about geek culture. Uh, gosh, nice. I'm just, there's so many great podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis. Supersonic pod comics. Yeah. That's a great one, which is kind of like an audio drama comic book one. Um, nice. so all those podcasts, uh, that you guys should probably check out. And then if you're just looking for a good anime, uh, I recommend bleach and spy family. That's what oh. we forgot to mention. Spy family spy is family one of the greatest so animes coming out right now. It is the top anime in Japan, and it is fan-freaking-tastic. We must protect Anya at all costs. At all costs. This is how it works. <laughs> I, I am I, I am absolutely going to go back and listen to that list of podcasts because <laughs> I'm always looking for, for new shows and things like we, that. We can send it to you, the list. <laughs> we just know. Um. For me, the other uh, podcast that I would uh, recommend is the Jock and Nerd podcast. A little, <laughs> little off color sometimes. I'll be honest. Maybe, maybe be be careful if you're if if your kids are around. But it's the the whole premise is one guy's a jock and one guy's a nerd, and they talk about geek culture stuff and things like that. And so I have been I have been geeking out on that. Nice. So. With that, um, thank you guys for for joining us and thank all of you lovely, lovely listeners for joining in on this conversation. For more 
wonderfully geeky goodness you can find us uh systematicgeekology.org and to help us keep the lights on patreon.com slash systematic geekology that is it for now but as always we want you guys to remember that we are all a chosen people a geekdom of priests This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.